Welcome to the Everything Sports Podcast with Jay Bandy, where we reveal the little-known secrets of superstar athletes as they leave their glamorous careers behind and return to everyday life. Listen to actionable business tips and life-changing insights from these sporting heroes as they share their epic journeys with you. Now, here's your host, the CEO of Everything Sports, Jay Bandy. I'm super excited about our guest today, another country player who had his time in a big smoke. He played for the Canterbury Bulldogs in the NRL before returning back to the country in the town of Wagga. This player was born in June, which is a country town just outside of Wagga, where he now resides. He spent the entire career at one club, the Canterbury Bulldogs, which is very rare, especially these days due to salary cap restrictions, player and also club loyalty. He played nine seasons at the Canterbury Bulldogs in the number nine jersey, playing 133 top grade games and winning an NRL Telstra Premiership in 2004, which is, I'm sure is a highlight of his playing career. He was forced to retire in 2007 at the age of 28 due to an ongoing knee injury. And after retiring from the NRL in 2007, he returned to his hometown of Juneau to captain coach the Juneau Diesels for a couple of seasons in the Group 9 competition giving back to the game that has given him so much. He continues in his coaching in the Group 9 competition and is also an NRL development officer based out of Wagga for the NRL. And today I'm delighted to welcome Adam Perry. Welcome, Skip. Thanks, mate. How are things been, mate? You just mentioned you're yeah. pretty, pretty busy uh, running some coaching courses and all that kind of stuff for the NRL out there at Wagga. Yeah, yeah, so start of the year is always a busy time of year, getting everyone ready for the season and uh, getting all the coaches ready and doing our recruitment for all the clubs and all that sort of stuff. Got our comp- a lot of our competitions on um, early in the year, um, things like the Sheldrick Shield that you probably would have played in over there in Leighton and yep. things like that, so we're, um, we're busy running all those sorts of comps this time of year. Oh, very good. And with the, um, have the competitions kicked off and out, it's now... Uh April, just start of April, the comp kicked off out there yet or not yet? Uh, this weekend. So Group 9 and Group 20 seniors both kick off this weekend. Um, yep. And uh, group, group 9 juniors kick off this weekend as well. So they're all around about. Canberra comp kicked off last weekend. So, yeah, all happening. Oh, very good, mate. Yeah, no, just thinking back, playing a, you played for Juno Diesel as a young bloke. I was playing for the Leighton Raiders, having a few games against each other. I remember playing in the... Over at the Leighton, that's a group 20 knockout, I think, and then uh, we played together yep. in the under 12s. Yeah, yeah. With um, another Toddy Payton and a couple of boys there. And, yeah, no, it's good to, good to catch up with you, mate, and have, a, have yeah. a bit of a chat and just ask you about your transition from the NRL player to what you're doing now. So, mate, just if you could share with our listeners why you think transitioning smoothly out of public life is so critical. I think it's important because it's... It's what life is like for most of us. There's very few positions available for people that go from being NRL players to going into media or going into like higher-profile coaching. So for most of us that come out of being professional sports people or people with a little bit of profile, I didn't have much, but <laughs> having a little bit, it's just reality. It's what you're going to have to do and you're going to have to, in inverted commas, go back into normal life, I suppose. Where, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of a lot of talk around people ending their career and and things like that and and starting a new career. Whereas I think it depends on the frame of mind you take 
out of it. I didn't retire from Rebel Sport. I just got a new job. I, I worked at Rebel Sport, and then I got a job as a footy player. I didn't <laughs> retire from it. Yeah, it's, it's you move positions, move jobs, and I think if you if you have that sort of perspective and that idea on it, then um, it'll make the transition a little bit easier. Oh, very good, mate. Um, and for yourself, can you describe the process of transitioning for yourself? How was yep. that for you? Uh, so, just give us a bit of insight into the Adam Perry transition. Yeah. So um, when I was finishing up playing footy, I, I was sort of weighing up options a little bit. Canterbury had let me know that I wasn't going to stay there for the following season. I was thinking about heading overseas, playing the Super League, yeah. um, trying to get a deal over there. But at the same time, I was getting my resume together <laughs> and <laughs> getting my CV together and making sure that if I had to apply for a job that I'd, I'd be as well equipped as I had to be or as I could be. And um, while I was playing footy, I used to come back home and meet up with a fellow named Rick Keast, who was um, the development officer down here at the time, and I'd volunteer my time and I'd go around and do assemblies and things like that, and so putting together my CV, I gave him a call and said, would you mind if I put you down as um, having done some work experience with you and, and those sorts of things, and it just happened that yeah. one of the other guys that was employed down here was finishing up, so he was willing to hold off and not employ anyone for a couple of months while I finished up my footy career, and um, and then I made that transition from footy, from full-time footy, into the development officer's job with Country Rugby League at the time, and also coming back and, and captain coaching with Juno Diesel, so I suppose something that helped me a lot with, with the transition was the fact that I was coming back home as well, having family and friends and a lot of people that I knew helped a lot and also the fact that the job that I was moving into although I didn't know all the ins and outs of it I was comfortable with footy I knew footy so it made it a lot easier I'd imagine that some people have some more dramas when they're going into a new job something that's a bit foreign to them yep now that's um, Scotty Sattler I just uh, interviewed him last week and yeah he did the same thing in regards to volunteering his time towards the um, end of his career, the last 12 months. I think he said, last two years, I think. He said he volunteered his time in the media, went back in and was working in radio and, and TV and stuff like that. And that's how he did some of the stuff that he's doing now. So if you want to listen yeah. to that, uh, for our listeners out there, just back at episode five, uh, Scotty Sattler. But I think that's an important thing. And a lot of the, I know I never did, I was at, only young when I finished up at 22, but uh, a lot of players don't, while they're playing, they're earning decent money, so I think that's something that they could look at doing a lot more of, is volunteering their time to find out the direction that they do want to head in, and you soon find out, I suppose, if you volunteer your time and, and working in that area for a little bit, you'll find out whether it is something you want to move into or not. Yeah, 100% agree, and uh, the other thing that I, I think I didn't, well, I'm not still not great at it, but something I got better at when I got a bit older was actually getting out there and meeting people, meeting the sponsors and putting yourself out there a little bit. Whereas I think when I was a little bit younger, I used to sort of walk into these functions and I'd go and sit in the corner or just hang out with the boys. And, you know, it's it can be a little bit ruthless being around that. And as soon as someone steps out of line of that, you're going to cop it from everyone. So, yeah. you know, you sort of, when you're, you don't want to be the suck up and you don't want to be the odd <laughs> one out or the, or the different one. Whereas I, I even know from, the little bits and pieces that I did in the last year of footy that I was up there going and talking to people. And when I finished up, I actually got a couple of phone calls from people asking me if I'd be interested in going back and working for different companies back up in Sydney and things like that. So 
I can only imagine that if I'd have been smart enough and brave enough to put myself out there from when I was 20 instead of when I was 26, that that, that number of um, people that I would have got to know and, and even like you said, maybe taking advantage of what these people do and doing a bit of volunteer work and experience and a bit of that stuff it would have only helped. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, what It's come up in a few different interviews I've done already is um, using the profile, I guess, and people want to help you when you're an NRL player. They want to help you, want to give you opportunities, want to provide you with things or give you free stuff yeah. or whatever. But as soon as you're finished, it's... Uh, you seem quickly forgotten and um, yeah. Josh Stewart actually mentioned it pretty quick NRL equals not real long and you've got to take advantage of all those things while you're actually playing NRL which I, I think they're getting better at doing the current players are I think Yeah. hopefully if they're not they can listen to this and find out pretty much it's been a bit of common thread actually through a few of the inter- interviews that that's something that they should look at doing and yeah well, I think I got lucky with a bit of it too. Like the Bulldogs used to offer education and things like that when we were there, and um, a few times other people had organised it, and I'd just jump on the back of it. Computer course, oh yeah, okay, I'll jump in and do it. Yep. Small business management course, yeah, yeah, sweet, I'll jump in and do it. And it ends up being a few things that have actually helped yep. with what I'm doing now, management, and obviously I'm I sit in front of a computer fairly regularly, so being able to use the different programs within within it all I, it's only helped my work so uh, and that was something that the club was offering and like remembering back there was not a lot of us out of the group that actually took advantage of that and even less within the group that was doing it that were paying attention to what was going on and actually <laughs> doing it a little bit so I yeah. still remember a couple of the people mucking up a fair bit the teachers would have hated yeah <laughs> like being at school again yeah <laughs> uh, the class clown is a yeah. couple in every yeah. group that's it. What were the biggest challenges you faced in transitioning? How did you overcome them? I suppose the one part that I think was the hardest, and I'll probably still find a bit hard, is like you miss being around that group group of mates. Like you spend all day every day pretty much with a group of 25 to 30 blokes who are around the same age with similar interests and yeah, you just form that really, really strong bond and strong camaraderie um, with all those people. And then for that to sort of change almost overnight I thought that was that was pretty difficult and the fact that like I've moved away and moved back home in some ways but also been so far away from them made it a bit hard too like I couldn't just catch up for a coffee or yeah. so that was one thing that I found found difficult not being able to sort of I don't know be there with the with the boys all the time but the way I overcame it was I'm with my involvement with the footy still so Obviously, work and coaching kept me fairly busy. So I was lucky that I was doing footy for my job, so I kept busy with that. And also playing and coaching, obviously, back there with another group of fellas. So you get that camaraderie as well with that. Obviously, exercise and keeping a bit fit helps with all that mental health and all that sort of jazz. So I think, um, yeah, that, that helped as well, keeping busy. Oh, very good, mate. It would have been a bit of a target, I suppose, been a... Yeah, winning an NRL premiership back in 2004 with the Doggies and moving back to the country back to I know you probably would have known a lot of the players anyway because you grew up playing there but like, you would have yep. been a bit of a target I'd imagine for the, the local boys being hooky you get to choose when you want to run it and that's, <laughs> uh, yeah, there wasn't too much of a drama so yeah, yeah. No, I always made sure I ran when I wanted to run and <laughs> didn't when I didn't want to no. 
No, it's good, mate. Good, good insight there. I think, um, it's, as I said before, it's a bit of a common thread on a few things you've mentioned already, but the tight bond that you have when you're actually going into war with the boys and winning games, yep. losing games, all going through the same thing. So that's something that is hard to replace. But, you know, moving back to the country and having that with a bit more easier training a couple of nights a week and not as much pressure and stress, I guess that a good way to overcome that I guess for some players out there who are retiring to move back and put back into the country footy and I was lucky enough to have a couple of games and win a premiership with a Brown, the mighty Brown Rams yeah. who are coming back yeah. into the competition they're back they're, they're back, back. The Rams, so might make a couple of cameo appearances this year <laughs> I don't know how the body will hold up but we'll see how we go <laughs> I might have to go sign up for Rankin Springs or something <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny so you retired from the game in 2007, like from a chronic knee injury. Was that bad enough that you couldn't continue, or is it because um, you still played a few social yeah. games, in, in, so you couldn't continue nah, the, so the fi- training load that you had at the doggies, or was it kind of your choice? Yeah, I finished you? up finished up the NRL in 2007, and it wasn't totally because of the knee, but it was making training fairly difficult. I spent that um, the pre-season leading into 2007 pretty much on a rowing machine and an exercise bike because I couldn't run. And that would be the start of my week every week. Every game I played, I sort of had to, had to have a couple, of week, a couple of days after it without being able to run. So while guys were out running and doing some recovery and, and starting to get back into their week, I was sort of stuck inside. And Yeah, it still causes me some dramas <laughs> today, but it is what it is. I wouldn't swap it. Yeah, that's right. So, a new replacement on its way, I'd imagine. For well, that was, um, I think the, my, I had an operation when I finished and um, the club doctor got the report and sent me an email said, congratulations, Adam, you're going to be the owner of a brand new knee in the future. <laughs> so, yeah, just a matter of time. Yeah. I'll hold out as long as I can. Yeah, that's it, mate. But, um, <laughs> keep fit, keep running around, strap it on for the rank and springs and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Might be a bit sooner than you. <laughs> Mate, the only only thing I'm good for in a footy team these days is that it's a long way to run around me. <laughs> Stick me in the middle. <laughs> uh, very good, mate. What can our listeners take away from the conversation today just to help them in their, their own lives? I mean, you mentioned a few things there. Volunteering your time. My current players volunteering their time probably to find an area of what they want to do after after footy, the camaraderie, I think that was a big one for, for yourself. Finding that with your country club and, you know, the Junior Diesels and doing a bit of coaching. And also, I think another one you mentioned there was networking. Networking, putting yourself out there, being comfortable in yourself to, to do what you want to do and not be ashamed by putting yourself out there, I guess. That's something that I picked up. Is there anything else along those lines, mate? That- no, they'd probably be the main one. If I had my time over again, I'd probably try and put myself out there a little bit more and, and be a bit more proactive and and go out and like you got a great opportunity if you, if you're at a an, at an NRL club, you've got a truckload of sponsors there who, like you said, are all willing to help you out and they want to help you. They want to be a part of the NRL club. So if I had my time over, I'd go and meet all of them and I'd try and go and experience what they do for a living. And, and like you said, if you the more experiences you have, the more likely you are to find that one thing that you want to do or those couple of things that you might be comfortable with doing going forward. So I was really lucky that I fell into this, got an opportunity to 
get into this job and it's something I really enjoy and I think I'm not too bad at. So that's been good for me. But yeah, if, if this job hadn't come along, um, I, I really don't know what I'd be doing. Yeah. Uh, screw mate. You kind of make your own luck. So yeah, as you said, you volunteered your own time there. So take yep. that off to you to, you know, you're getting off your ass during your last little bit of your footy career and yep. doing that. So that, that's great, mate. Are there, are there any... Uh, books or events or courses that you did i know you, you said you did a few at the doggies they put you through them that kind of helped you through that transition and had the greatest impact on your transition and also why there probably wasn't as far as at the time but recently i found a program that i think is worth worth everyone having a look at and it's called the resilience project i'm not sure if you've if you've heard of that it's around um around mental health and it, it, it sort of can put things in perspective a little bit for you I think it, it's around gratitude and empathy and mindfulness and, and things like that it's a great program it's something that the NRL actually rolls out through a couple of guys uh, Bobcat's one that goes out and delivers the program and in a lot of places and I, I, yeah I'd heard Bobcat talk about it probably three or four years ago and then it was only maybe two years ago that I got a chance to see the program. And its I won't go into too much depth, but it just it makes you sort of sit back and start thinking about the things that you have as opposed to the things that you don't have. And yep. being grateful for what we actually do have. And like that sort of links back to when I was finishing up and like I thought I was losing all these mates and leaving them behind. The fact is... I've still got all those mates. Yeah. I'm grateful for the time that I've had there. They're still my mates if I need them. They're a call away. And I've got a brand new bunch of mates that were back in June that I was moving back to. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's an awesome attitude to have. And I'm glad um, that helped you see that, I guess. Like, that's something that I try and practice each day is each morning try and find three things that I'm grateful for. And, you know, yeah. pretty lucky. I've got it. a healthy family and you know, live in a nice yep. spot on the beach, near the beach here in Toy uh, yeah. Bay. And, but no, that's good, mate. Like being grateful and uh, having gratitude and put things in, into perspective in life. It's sometimes when, when times are tough, you tend to get yourself bogged down in the woe is me and all the, the problems instead that's of right. what you have. Yep. So that's great, mate. Thanks for those little yep. insights there. How do our listeners find out more about Adam or is there you know, what you're up to now? I know you're our development officer there. Like, is there anything yep. else you'd like to say before we say goodbye? That's my role at the moment is um, I'm development manager for what's the southwest region. So I look after an area that takes in Group 17, Group 20. So right from Hay all the way over to the coast these days down to far south coast. So look, uh, I'm all about rugby league and I'm passionate about getting more kids playing not just because I'm getting paid for it, but because of all the, the great values that I think team sports give kids, all the lessons that you can learn. Not all kids learn through and reading books and not all of them learn from listening to a teacher. Some of them have to go out there and they learn their teamwork and leadership and discipline and hard work through sports. And I think our sport's one of the best ones for that. So if you're likewise, then you'll find me at footy games between Hay and Bateman's Bay somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good, mate. Appreciate your time and coming on the, the podcast, mate. It's good perspective and to find out how Adam Perry got through that transition and some great things we, we learnt there about yourself. And I think that's the Resilience Project, is it? Yeah, it is, mate. Resilience Hugh Project. Van Cullenberg, I think, is the guy that 
Hugh Van Cullenberg's his name. <laughs> the guy that Van Cullenberg, yeah, created it. And you can YouTube it and they, they show you a few clips and that. But the NRL has actually got permission off him to, to run the, the presentations and things like that. There's a few strategies that they, the NRL through the welfare team go out to schools and, and talk to high school kids and, and also all the, the rep groups and things like that. So if you make a, a Riverina team or a Group 9 team, in the junior reps, you'll, you'll get one of these presentations where they talk around this sort of stuff about your mental health as well as all the drugs and alcohol talks and all those sorts of things that, that they still do. So there's a lot of education that comes out around it. But that resilience project, I really wish it, I'd have seen it 20 years ago, yeah, 30 yep. years ago. I think it's yeah, I think it's unreal. Oh, good stuff. Any of those that are going to make a positive impact on you? I've done a few. I've done the Anthony Robbins course. I've done a, a few different yep. ones just to help you see there's more wake you up I guess and, and see that there's more to what you're going through or the problems you got at the, at the time I was just in the transition myself I was looking for trying to find myself I guess outside of footy and yep. shook me into uh, made me see that I, I was worth something and um, I was just lucky enough to get the job with combat which I had for 10 years so uh, yep. little courses like that I think for me are a, a, a big help and as a footy player and a rough and tumble, don't show weakness, all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of hopefully a thing of the past, and we need to kind of own up to being a man and taking control and showing a bit of emotion. And if things yeah. aren't tough, call someone and have a chat about it. You know, like it's not. Yeah, that's a hard one because all day, every day at training, you're getting told something goes wrong. Suck it up, move on. Yeah. Don't complain. Just work. Ref penalty. Ref makes a wrong decision. Who cares? Keep going. Shut up. Don't complain. Yeah. Like you keep getting told this over and over, and it's the right thing that you need to do. Yeah. In footy, but being able to draw that line and say well, what's footy and what's the rest of my life is yeah. <laughs> is a real thing that we need to learn to do. And and like you know, and well, it isn't weak to need to talk about things or, or want to chat about things or have emotions and things like that. It's just. It's being a person. Yep. It's normal. So, oh, very good. All right, mate. Well, thanks for your time again, and uh, <laughs> good to see that the country boys out there got a good mentor and Adam Perry uh, looking after the rugby league, and and also I'm sure he helped me in other areas, you know, through that Riverina area. So, um, thanks again, Adam, and we'll, we'll hopefully have you have you on again down the track. Thanks, mate. Thanks, good mate. to talk to you. Good on you. Thank you for listening to the Everything Sports Podcast, the podcast which consistently provides actionable business tips and life-changing insights from high-performance athletes. You can access all the information related to this episode via the show notes at www.everythingsports.com podcast. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Jay will answer in upcoming episodes. How can Jay help you today?